0: Good morning and welcome. I may have always said this every time I get up in front, but I am absolutely blessed by the service so far. From the pianist, chorister, scripture reading, uh, special music, uh, children's story. Everything has probably been told to you already, but I'm here to give it one more time. Remind you how amazing God is And how he looks after us, and he pities us. I don't know if you guys know this, but I do have back problems at times. And um, I tend to feel like probably everybody has the same, can slip into the same situation as I can, which is you've had this problem so long that you don't even recognize it anymore. Or you do this for so long that you uh, don't particularly think it's a problem any longer. Until I went on vacation, thank God for Christmas, thank God for New Year's, thank goodness for his goodness for vacations and asking us to take time away, not just always work. And on this vacation, I slept on other people's beds and I found out that my back problems were in relationship to the bed I was sleeping on. And I began sleeping when I got home on the ground And boy, that was nice. You may think it's a horrible thing, but when you have something bad in your life, you will do anything to get rid of it when you realize it's bad. Mm -hmm. And this is where my study begins. It's um, the concept of searching for God, um, but it was brought to me um, through homework that I was given about seven weeks ago by Chuck to read the last... Uh, chapters of John uh, 13 through 18, I think he gave us, and in here I was reading, and one thing I loved about this was John 17. It's a prayer by Christ. I don't know if you've gotten to read it recently. I don't know if you followed the homework, but I'll readdress it, re-give it out, because it is the most beautiful prayer, and it's one that the disciples got to listen in on, so they got to be really into the whole concept, it, understand every little bit and piece. And in this prayer, he relates, or he says, I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. This chapter gives us insight into what is on God's heart for us as Jesus opened up into His prayer, this insight is for us to appreciate and to understand the plan of God, and that He put it into action on be, on our behalf. One, and for us to know that the Father loves us and is approachable. Two, Jesus, having suffered, has made this uh, aid available to any who call for it. Three, when Jesus went ahead. So that we would know how amazing it is where he's going. And fourth, eternal life is not just some time frame that we're looking forward to. It's not just longer life. It's actually to know God. That is what life eternal is that Jesus says. In the first verse, I break it down or I break down this verse into three different sections. And in the first one, it says, I've manifested your name. And as you go through, if you turn to John 17, you can look through. There are three sections to this prayer. Christ prays for himself. Christ prays for his disciples. Christ prays for the rest of us. And in this prayer, actually at the end of it, um, John 17, and it goes through 23 through 26, he says, It talks about the oneness that Christ had with the Father that he wants for us. Two, it talks about his glory. And three, it talks about the love that they shared. The Father, in verse 23, he also said the Father loved us as the Father loved Jesus. Isn't that a beautiful thing that when you look at the love the Father had for Christ, you're seeing the love he has for us. It's also neat to see that this love was not just in place or thrown into action at the last minute. This, Jesus says, was before the foundation of the world. And that this love, in verse 26, he says, this love that you have for me, I want it to be in them. As we go on, and I don't know if you'll notice this, but if you re-listen to any of the sermons in the last couple months, you'll find echoes of each one of these. Um, We're moving into the part where it says, "...the men whom you have given me out of the world, they were yours and you gave them to me." Well, what's neat about this is we're now talking about the faith of Christ. When you look up this, or when you look for this statement of they were yours and and you gave them to me... Paul, in Hebrews, echoes this. In Hebrews 2.13, he says, And again I will put my trust in him, referring to Christ putting his trust into the Father. And then he goes on to say in verse 13, And again, behold, I and the children which God hath given me. So he takes up this thread, Paul takes up this thread in Hebrews, and and he brings it through verse 13, then 2 verse 18, then Hebrews 4 verse 16, and we'll go through these, and then finally Hebrews 6 verse 20. He's talking about Christ the whole entire time, the faith and the love that he was given by his Father, and what he's going to do with that. In 2.18, he reminds us, For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. Now, I really loved how Matt brought up about um, in song service, in one of the songs that I chose, um, there is what you could say a, um, a cheat to the whole entire sermon. That song talks about all of these concepts, about how he is willing to aid us. It goes on and he says, because he's able to aid us, because he's done this, because he's had faith in his father, he's boldly gone or he's come before the throne of grace and he's obtained mercy so that we can boldly come before the throne of grace and obtain mercy in time of need. Last but not least, he ends the kind of thread where he's talking about faith, his, his uh, uh, Christ faith and his, his job and his duties and what he had chose to do for us in saving us, and he ends it with the concept of a forerunner. Have any of you guys looked up the word forerunner and looked up in the dictionary and seen what the meaning is? The meaning, when I look it up in the, in the dictionary or in different places, it talks about it being kind of a, a spy or a scout, one who goes ahead, One who is doing what they expect you to come after them and do also. So we start off with the concept of, uh, Paul starts off the concept in Hebrews where he is, Jesus, is having faith in his Father. That's something we can have. He went boldly before the throne of grace. He went through trials because of this faith he had in his father. And now he's standing there and he's calling to us like in the song, come home. That is such a beautiful thing that I just can't get past. That I have to remind everybody that there was a sermon that was preached not too many weeks ago that asked the question of... What choice are you going to make? There was a story told about Pilate, and when Pilate, when the Jews came before Pilate, he said, what do you want me to do with this Jesus? And the same question comes to us over and over again, daily, minute by minute, what do you want me to do with Jesus? And the reminder was, from that sermon a couple weeks ago, that the Jews pronounced a curse upon themselves and upon their children, and upon their children's children. The choice is always before us. What are we going to do with Jesus? And it's not like we can stand up here like Pilate and wash our hands and say, I'll have none of this, or it doesn't matter to me. And so I absolutely love that All of these things are leading in Hebrews, and all of these sermons have been leading to these same concepts, and I'm going to try and take it one step further. Um, Now, that's when we go to Psalms, but the last part of this, John 17, 6, they have kept your word. I don't know if you also look up these kind of words, but the word kept... That word means to guard, it means to look for, to um, kind of to expect and to take care of. All of these things that Jesus was teaching them about faith, about his love, about his oneness, all of these things, they were treasuring up, they were keeping They were holding on to, and they were told, uh, or Jesus says, they have kept your word. Now, in light of all of this foundational information, the Father loves you, he's approachable, Jesus feels every pain that each one of us bears, every one of us has suffered, that Jesus has gone ahead of us. And that in order for us to have faith in Him, have faith in the Father, I would, look to, I would like to look at the first chapter of Psalms in which there is instruction and a blessing for us on how to keep, but not just keep and hold on to, but also to delight in God's Word. If you have a moment, turn with me to Psalms chapter 1. Now, in the chapter of Psalm, or sorry, in the book of Psalms, Psalms 1, in just the first three verses, it gives great instruction and it gives four points that kind of lead toward a fifth point. Now, the four points I hope to bring out are we need to make time. What's interesting is that everybody's busy. It doesn't matter how not busy you think you are, you are busy. You are filling your time with something. The question is, what are you filling your time with? The second point is to pray. Third is to look for Jesus. And last is to trust God in his finishing work on your behalf. In Psalms 1, uh, verses 1 and 2, it says, Blessed is the man that uh, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law he meditates day and night. Do you realize that when you meditate on God's Word, the byproduct is happiness? It is joy. It is a blessing from God. Now, I'm going to take you um, to a verse or another book really quick just to show you how busy Christ's life was. But before I do that, how many of you that are married knew how much you loved your spouse before you met them? That should be a negative. You don't know how much you love somebody until you spend some time with them. If you don't earthly know how much you love your spouse, until you've met them, or your friends, or your loved ones, how is it that you're going to know how much you're going to love God without even spending a moment with Him? So, Jesus' busy day. This is exciting. I don't know if you've seen this in Mark 1. Um, We're going to go back to Psalms. If you're quick at flipping pages, you can flip back and forth, but I brought this up in the... Uh, notes, just so you'd be able to see this. But this is Jesus' day in Mark 1, starting in verse 25. He goes to church. At church, and you can tell me if this is your day, at church he casts out a demon. After church, he leaves church and he goes to Simon's house, probably to have lunch, and he finds that Simon's mother-in-law needs to be healed. So he heals her. Next, after all of that's done, the evening comes and he's ready to leave. And the whole town turns out for healing and for miracles. Let's just say you came to church. Let's just say you get to skip the casting out of a demon. You go home and there's somebody who's sick, worried, or in pain. Let's just say you get to skip having to heal them. The whole Tullahoma town comes to your house for healing, for for a good word. Have you ever had a day? I know we all have busy days, but look at this day of Jesus. This is a busy day. And the only choice he has left is the next morning to go out and to commune with his father. And what a neat communion that must have been to talk about his previous day. Each one of us has to carve out time in our own lives. It may not be the most early before day moment. I know when I was, um, before I came here to Tullahoma, I used to drive two hours to work and then two hours home. Guess what that gave me two hours of? Prayer time, study time. I could listen to sermons. I could listen to a ton of stuff in two hours, actually four hours, sorry. I could catch up with family. I could find out who needed what. That was my time that God built into my life. I don't know where yours is, but wherever you see an opportunity, take that opportunity. Um, now that I don't have that two-hour commute, hate to say it this way, but guess what I have now? I have a little girl that wakes me up at midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m. I get up at 1 a.m., 2 a.m., and I'm thinking about God. And sometimes I'm studying at 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m., and then sometimes I go back to sleep. But I got to get out what God puts on my heart, and I want to let you guys know He will wake you up. He will put it upon your heart. Wherever you set aside that time, He will make it just between you and Him. Moving on in Psalms, it said, Blessed is the man, and his delight is in the law. Now, what's interesting about the delight in the, in the, in the law, and the second point I want to come to is, how many of you guys go to somebody else's house without being invited? You probably don't. How many go to a business without, being, without having a key card that can get inside? You probably don't. This, talking about prayer, is the key through faith that opens up the windows of heaven. But if you just want to talk to God, you need to, or if you want to open up His Word and learn about the Lord, you need to ask or invite Him into this conversation. If I want to know your mind and I say, hey, let me tell you what's on your mind, that's not going to work. But if I ask you, hey, what's on your mind? What are you thinking about? I'm going to find out what's on your mind. This is the beauty of prayer. If you don't know how to pray, the simple word of help. Lord, help, I believe, is what Peter prayed when he was thinking. There are many different prayers. Obviously, in Jesus' name is a good one, but I can tell you one Um, many will be answered by God if you just ask for Him. There is nothing that is required in prayer other than your heart, even of the demon-possessed people. They could not utter a word, and yet God came to their aid. And you need to remember this because you may be in a similar situation. Moving on. Who knows the things of God except for God? So ask Him, what's on your mind? Chapters of John 15 through 19 also talk about not just the oneness, not just the glory, not just the love, but also He's talking about the Holy Spirit that will be given to us for us to learn all truth, to come to all truth. When you pray, ask for the Holy Spirit to guide you into all truth. Like I said, John 15 through 19 goes through each one of these, and he reiterates it over and over and over again. The Holy Spirit. Pray for the Holy Spirit. Talk to the Holy Spirit. Ask Him for help. Last but not least, Psalms, going back to Psalms, it says... In verse three, like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season, whose leaf also shall not wither. Now, the image that God gives us, or that Psalms gives us, is when you meditate and when you consider, um, when you delight in the Word of the Lord. This, these are some of the things that will happen to us. The roots of trees by rivers run deep. The promise that you will have a strong foundation and that this foundation of all biblical stories are found in Christ. My question for you is when you read the Bible, when you ask for the Holy Spirit, do you find Christ? That's one of the main objectives. It wasn't written, so to speak, for our salvation like we can take something out of it and say this is the reason why i'm getting in it's because jesus is in each one of these stories and there are times where i've read stories in the bible especially in the old testament leviticus comes to mind deuteronomy it might be there also there are many different stories i've read not understood probably like daniel probably like other people who've read scripture but then a moment comes back in my life where it really takes on that entire story. And I go, aha, that's, why that, that's where Christ was in this story. Secondarily, you notice that fruit comes in its season. Kind of like in my life, sometimes there are things that I read that I don't really understand every moment of it. But the fruit will come in its season. And this brings us to our last point um, that you have to trust God with what He's given you, your Bible reading plan, or however you want to study, um, with Him delivering the fruit in its own season. And that is the most important thing, to trust God. The last thing, or the last point, as I wrap this up, and as we've gone through the points, that this speaks to me, this is not an off-and-on switch. That we throw. This is a holistic. If you're not familiar with the word holistic, it's total, it's complete. It's the package from when you wake up to when you go to bed. This is your prayer time that maybe begins in the morning with, Help me get up, continues throughout the day with, Save me from these drivers, because I see them on the road and they don't know where they're going because they got their cell phone in their hand. And it continues with, I forgot my lunch. I don't have money for this. I got to get fed. You know it, Lord. But this is the prayer or this is the concept when I read Psalms chapter 1, 1 through 3, and I put all of these blessings together and I put all of these verses together. He's looking for a holistic approach. He's not just asking you to do a Bible study. He's asking you to meditate on it. That means that you're not just... You may just take one little scripture, but you're going to take it all throughout your day. You're not just going to say, okay, I did my Bible study, let's get on with life. It doesn't mean, um, and some of the phrasings we use are embarrassing when we say, did you do your Bible study? Sometimes I say that to people, and yes, it can mean there was a period of time, but let me continue on with that Bible study all throughout my day. That's what this is asking for. This is what God is calling us for. And when you put it in conjunction with the previous statements in John 17, 6, where Christ is calling for you to make a decision. He said, I've done all this. Have faith in me. Study the word. Be blessed. When you put all these things together and you get a picture that if someone asked you if you did your Bible study, you would say No. If they said, did you go to church, you might say, no, all of these assume a beginning and an end, but none of these concepts in John or in Psalms have an end. We live, we breathe, we worship, we pray, we study, and we trust in God because he is approachable, because Jesus has suffered and is able to aid anybody And I hope that you have seen Jesus in the text we have gone through, and not just the surface reading of the text, but also the meaning behind each one of these sections, meaning behind each one of these words that he's delivered. Maybe you see something that I missed. Don't hesitate when somebody hands you out homework to come up and give them your homework. Every one of these speakers is giving you homework. Pastor gave you a Bible reading plan. That's the biggest homework of all go to it. I think you're going to enjoy it. I think you're going to be blessed. That's what I'm told. As I wrap it up, will you join me in making time for God, praying, looking for Jesus, trusting in God, and making this a lifelong choice, not just a morning devotional, not just an evening devotional, but a whole lifelong choice. Will you join me with searching for God and begin searching for Him? And when you sing with me our closing hymn, 462, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine.